here with Kate Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons. Kate, how are you? Doing great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, here in San Francisco. You guys got in late last night from Utah. Play the Warriors uh, tomorrow night. Kate, you think about this season and what you've been through on, you know, early in January at 3-30. and 30. I want to ask you this. What have you learned this year about leadership and how you lead and how you do it in maybe some of the most adverse circumstances any player is going to face in trying to do that in this league? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for one, I learned about how hard it is to win. Um, basketball, is, it's never been this hard for me to win games. So um, I just have a different appreciation for the smaller things that it takes to win games. Um, and, I mean, with leadership, I mean, it's hard after, like you said, I mean, these are some of the most adverse situations that I've ever been in, especially in my basketball life. But, um, you know, to continue to try to bring it and encourage the team, um, encourage the group to to win this game, to have the energy up, um, and it still not go your way over time, you know, after so many games, it's, it's hard to keep it going. But, you know, being a leader, it's, you can't take days off. You know what I mean? You have to keep it going. So I think that's the main thing that I learned is just, you know, a lot about myself and how much I want it for me and for the team um, and what it takes to continue to, to you know, be solid for the group even whenever things aren't going your way. You know, night after night, Cade, you would – almost without fail, you were either at your locker or at a press conference. I think as you got further on in the streak and you're doing maybe more of the press conference thing, it's easy to walk out the back door and say, hey, I'm not talking tonight. I've had it with this and leave your teammates to do it. You never did that. Why? I think just the amount of trust that's been given to me by the team, um, by the organization, to be the guy on the court, um, you know, behind the scenes with the team, I'm always trying to lead and things like that. But I think to do it in public as well, when things aren't going well, you know, I have to be the one that, to um, answer those questions and, and to speak for the group. So I didn't want to leave that to anybody else to do that. I know I'm, I have the usage, I have the ball in my hand, so I think it's, it's only right for me to speak for it. Were there nights where you just, as the streak gets further in, where you just say, I don't know how to explain this anymore. I don't know how to answer these questions. Even that, because you're probably asking yourself, I don't know the answer. I don't know how to explain this to anybody else. Did it get to that point? I mean, yeah, every night. Um, I don't want to answer those questions. I don't want to have to talk about it anymore. I don't want to have to think about it anymore. Um, but... I know it's only going to make me better for it. I know these times right now are as tough as they get in basketball, but um, I look forward to, you know, better times ahead. I know that they're going to come if I just keep working, I stay down. So I think that's where my head is at with it is just um, take these hits now, however they come and learn from it all and, and try to, you know, apply the things that I'm learning from it.
and it's hard to do that if you're if you're constantly running from it, you know what I mean, and avoiding it. I don't want to avoid it. I'm trying to take it all in. The time away from the court when it's not going well and people are counting the games on a streak, and the time you have between games until the next one you can play and either try to end this or to try to be playing better, what's that alone time like when you're driving home from the arena on a home game or you're traveling? Is that where this thing feels heaviest sometimes because now you might be off two days and now this thing just lingers and it's there. It's just hanging over your head. Yeah, I think on the drive home is the heaviest that it gets for sure. Um, the night of the, like after the game, before you go to sleep, like it's hard to sleep, things like that. I think that's when it's definitely the toughest. But I mean, every day I just try to, it's hard to put it behind you and forget about it because it's still there. You know what I mean? Like, wake up, I'm still thinking about it, but I don't want it to linger. And, like, you know, I have to start the next day with a fresh mindset because it's the past. You know what I mean? I can't be worried about what's going on right now if I'm still stuck on the past or, you know, I missed some shots and I still am stuck on those. Like, I just have to move on. So, um, I think that's been big for me. I, I think letting the team see me move past it and have another fresh mindset to get better and to, to work and try to figure it out. I think that's the only way to do it. I think being sad or being, you know, upset with the circumstances and feeling bad for yourself is only going to put you deeper in the hole. When you showed up for training camp, Monty Williams is here as a new coach. And you guys did a lot of, I remember seeing him in the off season. Um, it was Vegas and like guys had shown up and where they're working out and his enthusiasm for how the group wanted to work and um, whether it was Vegas or at your facility. And what did you expect coming in? Did it, like, could, could you have ever imagined what was about to happen? I couldn't have imagined it. Um, I mean, to be honest, man, it, I felt like, and this is probably selfish to say, I felt like even just as an individual, something like this could never happen to me. You know what I mean? I felt like I was so good, like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't do that. But I, I've understood and I realized that it takes more than getting your own. It takes more than like, you know, feeling good about your game. I had to I had to figure out how to make the game easier for my teammates. I had to figure out how to apply the system coach had in place to my teammates and how to make us all better. Uh, there's still a lot of things to learn for me and for the whole team. But I don't think any of us could have imagined it happening. But I think this has been one of the most humbling experiences for me in my life, just as far as, you know, grounding myself and knowing that there's still someone's work to do. There was a point midway through the streak, really midway through the, se the season so far, where your numbers and production and impact just really elevated. And part of it, too, was you missed most of last year. And you're coming in, like you said, new coach, new system. Was there a light that went on or a conversation midway through where you said, like, hey, that idea of needing to elevate guys and not just – it wasn't just about your production or your, like you said, getting yours – did that hit somewhere? Was there conversation or was it just 
losing night after night, you're like, this isn't the way out of this. Yeah, I think I think it was those car rides home, just thinking about it, um, all of that. I think, like I said, I mean, it's not just about me, but I I knew that I needed to be a lot better for us if we if I wanted to win games, if I wanted to elevate the team. Like I knew it started with me being a lot better. Um, so I just challenged myself to be better and better, to be more aggressive, to when things aren't going my way, try to adjust and fix it earlier in the game rather than allowing the whole game to go by me, things like that. Um, I feel like all, we're all a, a new focus of mine, um, and I feel like that's why I'm slowly starting to, to get better and better. You said that you just couldn't imagine that this could happen to you. You've been the kind of player that could impact winning and that you know you could put a team on your back and there'd be a night you could just win a game just to end this thing or win multiple games yeah, and it wasn't it. yeah it's 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 crazy because like my first two years just watching the league any team can win a game yep. any night you know what i mean so for us to have lost so many games in a row was i think that was what was so hard to believe was like how can we not win a game you know what i mean so I feel like that's where the the frustration really started to like set in. Like this is this something's not right here. You know what I mean? And that's when I I had to take it on myself. Like I have to I have to bring more to the table. There comes a point where there's other teams in the league losing. The Wizards have lost a lot of games. The Spurs had lost a lot of games. But the streak is what keeps the focus right on a team. At what point did it feel like it became that that streak, the number, became a thing that was bigger than just you were getting attention in a way that teams don't get attention in the league unless yeah. they're winning. Uh, I'd say it came around 20 games, maybe before that. I mean, it sucks and it, it feels horrible at 14 games, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I had already went through a crazy streak in my career, my first year. So I felt like that was the worst thing that ever happened to me in basketball. And that was the toughest thing I'd ever been through. So I already was kind of feeling that way. Um, but the amount of attention and like, you know, it sets in on everybody. Everybody starts to feel like, oh, we are this streak. Right. You know what I mean? And it's hard to avoid it when you're on your phone at any time. It's hard to avoid it when you go out in public in the city. All of these things are, are real. Because it's it's not just in the sports realm anymore. It's gone right. beyond <laughs> exactly to this other realm of people that aren't watching us. Right. Know about this street going on with the Pistons. So I think that's when everybody's starting to feel that outside of you know just the building or or the arenas or whatever. That's when it's gotten way too far, um, and so that's when you really have to strap down and like, okay, we got to figure some things out. Cause this could get, I mean, it could have turned into 40. You know what I mean? If you don't figure anything out, every team is coming at you like, there's no way we're going to lose to you. That started to happen and you could feel it. And I would talk to teams coming in to play you and nobody, cause they knew those games were getting a level of attention right. that were as much as more people were watching Piston games in this perverse way than had ever watched them probably in your time there. And the other teams know that too, right? And you you could, 
going into Boston when I thought you thought you had it, and maybe everyone looked at the schedule and said, "Okay, that's a loss. They're going to get drilled." Yeah. Next thing you know, like you're yeah, you're twenty a half. Yeah, <laughs> and then in five minutes in the third quarter, it's all gone. And after that, you know, we played them even the rest of the game. But yeah, I mean, there's so much attention on it. Um, nobody wants to lose to us. Every it's almost like you know you're playing against a contender every time you're playing against us and we're at the bottom of the league but it's just real like this league is super competitive everybody wants to win nobody wants to lose to the worst team everybody wants to beat the best team you know it's it's human nature um but that's why i say like it, it could easily turn into 40 if you don't figure out what it takes to win and you don't bring it and so that's where we got to figure we had to figure it out and i think the last two weeks we've played Good basketball. Yeah. We put ourselves in a lot of games, gave ourselves shots to win. Um, the ball just hasn't gone our way a few times, but you know, we're just going to keep going. Like, there's no, the season's not ending. Um, the league's not going anywhere. Can't run from these games. They're, they're on the schedule, so you got to keep coming. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over the summer, you know, you come off of the season-ending injury surgery last year, and you go to USA Basketball, and they have the select team. You're playing. It's, it's the best young guys in a league against, you know, the national team. W- when you were there and you were dominant, everybody was talking about you coming out. Like, I think the, Steve Kerr was talking about you, the national coach, other guys. Um, there was a sense of, this is going to be a breakout year for Cade Cunningham. This is the number one overall pick. He's healthy. And this is the guy that we've imagined, Detroit's imagined. What was that experience like? And what was, what did you walk out of there thinking about where you were in your career at this point? Yeah, I felt good leaving there. Um, I felt really good about where I was at. That was my first time being on the court with lead guys again. Um, and that was a goal of mine in my rehab process was to be able to play fives and scrimmage for that Team USA thing. So when I got out there, I felt good. I was with Jalen Dern. I had the ball in my hand, so I'm like, me and JD are going to play. You know what I mean? Like, this, you're my only teammate out here. So 
um, and we played well, and I and that was that was great for our confidence. Um, and man, I felt the same way. Like it's gonna be a huge year for me. You know, this was my first time playing fives, and I'm killing. It's gonna be a huge year. So I think it definitely set the bar for like I gotta I gotta dominate at this level. Um, and when the season came around, I struggled early on still. Uh, it didn't go how I wanted, but I felt good about where I am and where I'm going since I've had my surgery. And that's only going to continue to happen. I think that, that Team USA was definitely the first like benchmark for me where I'm like, okay, I, I passed this. Now I got to keep on growing from here. Your relationship with the city of Detroit, you come in as number one overall pick and there's a new arena and it's this new era and this thing's going to be built around you. You know the history of that place and it's a great fan base. It's one of the NBA's best, really like knowledgeable, passionate. When you go through this in a place like that, that cares about your team and you're the guy, what's the part of you that's like, I want to see this thing through to the other side. Like I, you know, the, it's not enjoyable for the fans. It's worse for you guys having to live through it. But what is it like with you and, and the city and and sort of going on this thing together almost? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm grateful for where I am and where I'm going through this at. Um, I mean, the fact that they still come out and show the amount of support that they're showing every night. We go on a run and, it's, and they're still, you know, giving us energy, things like that. I mean, those things are huge. Like, there are arenas that you go to where it's just dead in there. You know what I mean? And they're not giving their team any any juice and they have solid teams, you know, in their city. So, um, it definitely is tough knowing how bad our, our city wants it. And we're just not, you know, we're not there yet, but you're right. I mean, it definitely sparks that that fire to want to see it through to the other side you, and, and you, win for them. You you would think that as this streak got into the teens and the twenties, building would be dead, would be comatose. Yeah, for sure. Were you waiting for, sure. for that to happen, or you knew the place? I mean, I kind of knew the place because I've I mean I've lost a lot of games in Detroit already in my young career. So <laughs> you know they they've always came out and supported us. Uh. But, I mean, it's just real. Like, we've been a historically bad team. And so, I mean, if my Cowboys were an historically bad team, I wouldn't want to cut them on TV or want to go to one of their games. But, you know what I mean? It's just the way life is. Like, with sports, it's competitive. So, but it means a lot. It ups my game. I think it ups the whole, the whole team's game, knowing that, you know, we're representing more than just ourselves. We're representing the whole city that really cares about this game and knows the game, too. Like, if you're playing bad basketball, they'll boo you. If you're playing good basketball, you're hustling, you're diving on the floor, down 20 if you're diving on the floor, they could cheer for that. You know what I mean? Like, there's, they know what's going on, um, and they care about the right thing. So I think it's great that I'm in a city like that, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else going through this. Cade, you, you said you, you've done a lot of losing. Your teams that you've been on have lost a lot in Detroit. You came in at the beginning of a rebuild, and you're trying to plow through this thing. You know what happens to organizations and what you have to fight against, right? This sense of we're losing, but 
I'm not going to become a loser. Is that the fight every day? And not just for you, but for being the franchise guy, for those guys around you to keep that. Because it's easy to fall into that, right? That's human nature. Yeah, for sure. Um, Losing, you know, I mean, like, the bad energy of a streak like that, all those things, man, it's easy for those to seep in and kind of take you over. You know what I mean? You could be a really confident player. And that could take your confidence away real fast just off of your team not having things going. So, um, you're right. I think that's something that I try to fight off every day is not giving in to the fact and not giving in to the record. I know that that record is not who I am as a person or as a basketball player. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't see myself as a bottom-of-the-league basketball player at all. You know what I mean? So, every day I'm trying to trying to prove that and – um, get better energy going. You know what I'm saying? Like making shots and and playing well, making the right pass is also contagious. So I think just trying to spread that rather than the other is, is the main thing. Cade, what gives you hope right now that this is going to be different in the future? What gives you hope? I think just individually seeing how my game is growing, seeing – all the things in my game that I can improve on. Um, I feel like I can do a lot of the things that I want to do on the court, but knowing that there's still so many things that I feel like I could add on to my game. So that gives me a lot of hope. Um, But also just, you know, my team is young. We have a lot of players that can play, you know what I mean? Like we have good players and I trust coach Coach Monty, I trust what he, um, the system that he's instilled in us. I trust the way that he talks to us and the way that he cares about us and trusts us. There's a lot of things that give me hope with the organization. Um, we just have to figure it out, and that's on me to figure it out on the court, me and Coach. Um, and you know, I think that's on the players, all of us, to continue to stay in the gym and continue to get better. What were the conversa- What have the conversations been like with you and Monty through all this, the way you talked, the way you two together tried to figure this thing out? Yeah, they've been good. They've been really good. I think going through something as hard as we've been going through definitely brings you a lot closer than you normally would in the amount of time that we've known each other. You know what I mean? Like we've been through some tough stuff already, so – um, it's definitely made us have deep conversations and really get to know where we're coming from, where each other are coming from, which I think is a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? Uh, it's been hard for both of us. We both hate where we're at as far as losing, but um, we trust each other a lot. And, you know, we both know that we're, we're trying to turn every stone to figure out what it takes to win. Okay, this is great. I appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. It was. I appreciate you. You got man. it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back in to the Woj Pod. Here with the Pistons general manager, Troy Weaver. Troy, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good here in uh, <clears throat> San Francisco. Getting ready for the Warriors tomorrow, but I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Troy, I just spent, we're going to talk about a few things, but, but I want to start with Cade Cunningham. Your first overall pick in 21, and um, spent some time with Cade talking about what this season's been like, what he's learned about leadership and being a franchise player. Nobody wants to go through what you guys have gone through so far this season, three and 30, but you're always evaluating, and you watch Cade handle himself, handle the group, uh, try to figure this out as you've gone through. What have you seen in him? What, what did you learn about him in this stretch? Wow. So um, going back to when we drafted Kate, um, we landed there because of um, we said we needed a leader. Um, a lot of talented players in that draft, but his leadership uh, really resonated. Uh, it was something we were absent of, and in this restoration that we're going through, we needed a leader. And um, this guy has shown his true colors through this adversity, and we couldn't be uh, prouder of the way he's handled it. It hasn't been easy for any of us, and for him to go out, uh, tee it up every night uh, on the floor, but not only in games, but in practices film, weight room, and hanging in there and showing, you know, this young group what it's like to hang in there every day has has been uh, tremendous. And we couldn't be more uh, excited about the direction of our franchise with him being the leader on the floor. You know, he comes off of, you know, playing just really a handful of games last season, showing up at USA Basketball, and he was the talk of that event this summer. Steve Kerr, the national coach, was talking about him, players, other coaches who were there, and there was just this feeling that this was going to be a breakout year for Cade. And, you know, the, the snowballing starts with the losing, but you've seen him maybe in the second half of this streak, and he talked about, like, thinking more about making others better, and I can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. What, what have you seen just on the floor, the growth um, beyond the intangibles with a player who's really over the last few weeks, even before you started, before you won a game and beat Toronto, and the team has been in more, you've been in more overtime games, you've been more competitive, his level's gone somewhere else too. No, absolutely. I, I was there this summer um, at those practices, USA, and um, it was big for him and his confidence because he was, you know, had missed the you know, majority of the season. And so for him to get healthy, and uh, I think he really, uh, to be honest, I I think a lot of it started with his rehab in the way that uh, he was diligent and um, fighting through, um, sitting out, uh, and that mental stress uh, of not playing and uh, having to do a rehab and the way he bounced back from that and then coming to the summer and show himself 
I think it was more for himself to say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm back. And I think that everybody else took notice. And then the season starts and, um, you know, he has to fight adversity with, uh, with our team. And here the last two weeks, um, I think he's really starting to continue to grow. I mean, his leadership has really stood out, but his play is really speaking for himself. And, I mean, he on and off the floor, you know, he has a chance to be a special player, and he's, uh, he's been showing that. And, and the start of it, like you said, was uh, this summer at the USA practice. Troy, when you, you look at this season so far, when you hired Monty Williams in the offseason and you had a period of time where you had guys showing up together, playing together, working out. I remember I saw Monty at Summer League and he his enthusiasm for how eager the group seemed to him. And Could you have ever seen this coming? Could you have ever imagined 3-30, and 30, a 28-game losing streak that this was possible with this team, with this coach, coming into opening night? No. Uh, no, I didn't see this coming. I definitely didn't see uh, a streak like this. Throw away a lot of the things, but a streak like this, just because of the character in the locker room and the character of the coaches and the leadership from Monty and those guys, no. Uh, but is where we landed. And uh, I think that nobody's happy with this. Uh, going through it has been tough. It's been a tough road. Players and coaches, organization, uh, for our fans, I, nobody wanted to be here. But we're here, and we're going to continue to fight our way through it. You know, ownership Tom has come out and said things that are spot on with the way we view it. We're not happy. He's on me every day about making sure we turn over every stone, uh, make sure we're looking at every way to improve this team and to get the Pistons back to being competitive. And that's what we're doing. Like, there, there, there's no sleep, there's no rest. And we're going to continue to beat the drum and turn it over and fight for every crumb we can to get this franchise going in the right direction. Uh, hey, listen, I, I empathize with the fans. Nobody wanted this. Um, and I appreciate their support, but I also appreciate, you know, them not being happy because guess what? We're not happy. And uh, we're going to continue to fight and, and, and get this right. But what's come out of this, always, you know, a purpose for your pain. And, and, and what's come out of this has been the resilience of, of this group. We call it a restoration. As you're going through this, it, it, it's not going to always line up. And sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to march forward this year, but we had to take a step back and and deal with this adversity and the losing streak, et cetera. But as as Tom stated, we have a really good young core that we're excited about. With Cade obviously being a linchpin of that, uh, we still have a flexibility. We still have all our cap space. So there's some things that we can be confident in but as we're going through this right now no we're, we're trying to get on the other side of it and, and 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 trying to win games right now so we can continue to build 
confidence in-house as we start to uh, get on the, the second half of the season. Troy, when you look at the pieces, you're building around Cade Cunningham, and you have good players. You obviously want more of them, but there's also, when you're looking at it, do they fit? Do the players fit together? What's been your evaluation of that? Is it not fit? Have, has the group not fit together the way that you thought it might, or you think it hasn't maybe happened yet? Well, I, I, think, I think early on, you know, we, we start the season, we, we had four veterans that we thought could really help these young guys. Bogdanovich didn't play the first 20 games. Monte Morris still hasn't played. And those are two of the key guys we were looking to. And then you had Joe Harris, and we added him, and Burks had been here. Uh, I think last night um, you could see kind of some of that vision with the way Burks and Bogdanovich played, still haven't had Morris um, yet in, in helping those young guys. So, no uh, – the pieces fitting together, that's still to be determined. Um, I, I mean, Ivy starting in backcourt with Kate, that's uh, starting to be really productive. Asar Thompson, who's a Swiss Army knife, uh, who started off great and now he's trying to find his way back. Uh, we think he fits. So, I mean, with Dern and uh, Cunningham, uh, Ivy, Thompson, Stewart, these other young guys – the fit is to be determined, but Cade and Duran fit and top athletes with, with, with Ivy and Asar, absolutely. I, I think that young core uh, and Stewart, when he brings those, those guys fit. Defense fits first. <laughs> like, you don't shoot your way out of uh, the bottom, out of the basement. And um, do we need to get some more shooting around Cade? Absolutely. Um, but that's what the veterans, veterans were for. Uh, they showed it last night. Like I said, we still haven't had, haven't had Morris, but when you get a healthy Bogdanovich and Burke's going, uh, it helps. Uh, we definitely did add, continue to add more shooting, uh, but I think that's part of the, the 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 fit piece that we'll continue to look at is add shooting. I mean, but that's at a premium. Everybody wants to add shooting, but we want to make sure that uh, we defend too. I mean, I've said it and I'll continue to say it, we won't be the Pistons until we defend at a high level, and that's where Monty and his staff uh, are grinding these guys out on. You looked at a model. You looked at what the Houston Rockets did this summer in free agency, a very young team that had struggled last year, looked at times a lot like your team has looked so far this year, went out in free agency, brought in pretty impactful veteran players. Is that, as you look at it now with cap space and – is that a blueprint for the Pistons about complementing the group you have with – and like I said, you have some veterans now, but do you imagine a summer where you try to be aggressive in, in that kind of way? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we definitely want to add um, some veterans um, to the group to help fortify this. I think sometimes we get lost. You're young players growing up and – in-house development, to me, will carry the day here. Like, we'll be better because K continues to be better. Mm -hmm. We'll be better because Durham continues to grow and Ivy and Asar. And adding those pieces to the group um, definitely be helpful. So, no, uh, 
I, I see what Houston did, mm. and uh, you know they're playing 500 or better ball right now. So yeah, I mean they they went out and uh, added three impactful veterans. Let's carry the day for them. So we'll 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 look at doing some of that, but it starts with our young core and those guys. They're going to be the reason we continue to turn. Those we're definitely going to be active and aggressive in trade and free agents to help fortify the group. But um, our focus and concentration is on the young core led by K to restore and get the Pistons back to where we want to go. Troy, is there a – if you just win a game somewhere in there and you don't have the streak and your team – there's other teams in the league who aren't winning, but – the streak takes on a life of its own. It gets mm-hmm. to 15 and 20 and 25, and then you're setting a record at 28 or tying a record. Is the fight for you as the leader of an organization to keeping everybody from being shell-shocked and almost paralyzed by it becomes this snowball and it's bigger than it becomes bigger than a sports story and, it, and people are laughing and you become the butt of jokes. Is that what you're fighting against when you're going through it? Because you can talk, we can talk about all the development, all those things, but sometimes it's hard to... You, you just you got to stop that thing, right? Yeah, you, you're fighting for um, everyone to continue to, to to stay in the boat and believe in uh, the process and making sure we continue to come in every day and do our jobs at a high level and not succumb to the streak or the record or any of those things. So no. Um, and I, I give Monty and his coaching staff and the players a, a tremendous amount of credit for the way they were able to fight through it um, and still come in. I mean, it was wearing on everybody, but the spirit they continued to have through it all uh, was tremendous. And, and within the organization, hey, nobody wants to go through this, but it, it's a tough day and, and tough time, and you're going to have that. But when we get on the other side of it, it's, it, it's, it's going to be part of our battle scars that um, we'll look back at and, and say we were better uh, for going through it. When you're going through this, you're always evaluating. You're evaluating everybody. When you look at, when you look at yourself and you talk to the people you trust and you ask questions about, hey, what do you think about what we're doing or how we're doing it? What's been your evaluation of the way in which you've gone – about building the team and, hey, I could have uh, a sense of where you could be better, where you feel like you've gotten better. Uh, What's that growth been like for you? You spent a long time apprenticing, preparing to be a GM. You did it in some great organizations. Um, What's that process been like for you? Maybe even the conversations you had with Tom Gores about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a... Uh, tremendous um, time to look inward and see how I can get better and better serve the organization, players, coaches, front office, the entire staff. Uh, And definitely Tom and I having some uh, really strong conversations about going through these times. And, 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 And to be honest, what it's served and taught is that you have to be nimble and fluid and keep your eyes and ears open to growth in, in different areas. Um, 
it's not always going to line up the way you want it to line up. Uh, but you have to be nimble enough to to not uh, to not be right, but to make it right. And I'm not interested in being right. I, I just want to make it right. And that's carried today. And so we're, we're we're trying to make it right. Nobody's trying to be right. We're trying to make it right. And uh, everybody has that mindset uh, of getting this thing right and getting it going in the right direction. But we all have had to become keener in our thoughts uh, in the way we move. But um, the process continues to, for me, it is it, it, purge diligence in making sure that in, in every aspect, we stay in tune and stay on top of it and we continue to try to move this organization forward. So I'm, I'm, I am really uh, excited about the challenge ahead because I, I, failure is not an option <laughs> for me or this organization. So this challenge ahead of us is, is huge and uh, it's, it's here in front of us and, and we're going to get it done collectively because we got the right people. Uh, starting at, at the top with, with Mr. Gores and uh, Monty and Cade and uh, excited about that challenge. The conversations daily, I'm sure multiple times a day, with Monty through this, what have those been like? You, you, you knew each other before you hired him here and he came. You'd worked together before. But I'm not sure you really – Cade said this to me, like you – he and Monty, he goes, you really get to know somebody going through this. What's been your experience with you and Monty and the leadership of trying to navigate out of this? Yeah, like you say, you never know until you go through these these situations. And uh, every day has just been tremendous. Um, working uh, with Monty and I think what I've learned uh, being in this intimate setting with him is – He's an everyday guy. He stays stays on it. He doesn't relent to what's going on. He continues to hold the guys accountable. But he and I relationship is same, holding each other accountable, us looking at things and him challenging me on how to improve the roster, me challenging him on how to improve the team and uh, us being in lockstep. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's been um, – a challenge that he embraces and I embrace, um, that we embrace together. So, you know, we never thought we'd be here being PG County boys, but uh, we're connected to get out of this hole and, and, and we're looking forward to it. Last thing, Troy, trade deadline about a month away. What are your priorities? How important is it to, whether it's at the deadline or before, do you feel like you look around the landscape and say, hey, there's some moves for us to make? Yeah, absolutely. We want to be aggressive. And whether it's the draft, free agency, trade deadline, we want to be aggressive. Now, does it mean we're, we're going to make big deals? We don't know. But we're going to be aggressive in trying to improve this roster. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, our record is what it is. And we have to improve the roster, and we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll be aggressive, and um, we'll try to improve the roster at every turn. And trade deadline is no different, and we'll 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 be ready. But we're definitely uh, going to be aggressive in our thoughts and probing everything to um, continue to improve the roster. 
Troy, thank you. Good luck here in 2024. It's a new year. Yeah, thank you. Happy New Year to you. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.